You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, I need you to subscribe to Locked On Mets wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget, be in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Mets. So for today's show, what I want to talk about is some rule changes that are coming to the league this year. I've glanced over them a little bit, but I want to dig into them and then talk about the future changes that could be coming, which is the universal DH. Later on in the show, I want to continue on what I was talking about yesterday and how Brody Van Wagenen is proud of the farm system the Mets have right now, and that is why he chose not to deal from it. So I want to kind of get into that a little bit as well. Before we get into any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, check me out on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizedOnline.com. So the two rule changes that are coming to baseball this year are the implementation of a 26-man roster and a new rule that forces relief pitchers to face three batters before they can get pulled from any game. Looking at that rule specifically... Obviously, it's geared towards speeding up the game, which is always good. You're not going to get into those situations, especially with the September call-ups where a manager can just play the lefty-righty game for you know six batters in a row and just find their way through innings. You need to find relievers that can get both left-handed and right-handed batters out. There is a lot more strategy that needs to get put into play as far as how you navigate that rule. If a relief pitcher finishes off an inning, that rule does not stand going into the next inning. So theoretically, you can still go to your lefty-lefty matchup if there's two outs. But if that reliever doesn't come through and get the out you need, you could be in real trouble. Let's just say someone's trying to navigate the Phillies lineup. And you have second and third Bryce Harper coming up. If you want to bring in Luis Avalon, who's no longer on the Mets, but just for argument's sake... To face him, okay, maybe he gets Bryce Harper out. But Bryce Harper draws an eight-pitch walk. Now you get the bases loaded. Reese Hoskins coming up with a really favorable matchup that you can do nothing about. So it's going to add another wrinkle to the game, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it actually looks when the games start. Now the 26-man roster is great. Not only does it open up more jobs, but it also makes things a lot more simple when it comes to your roster construction. A lot of times, if you think about it, you have your 13 guys, right, that are setting your roster. Your traditional eight-man starting lineup of position players and your five starting pitchers. That's your first 13 on the roster. Then, you try to build out a bench and a bullpen, and you always have to decide whether you want a five-man bench and a seven-man bullpen or if you wanted that extra arm in the pen and have to go to a four-man bench. So now teams can at least have a five-man bench with eight relievers if they want to go that route, which most teams like to have eight guys in the pen. Or if you feel like your bullpen's okay with seven, you can have a six-man bench now. 
So that opens things up to have a third catcher, have someone in there who's just there as a pinch runner. There's a lot of different ways that that can be played out. And I think that is a really good change as well. Now moving towards the new changes, the biggest one that could be coming is a universal DH. Some are saying that could be here in 2021, if not 2022. I personally hate the universal DH. Like most people who watch a National League team, you don't want to see that. For me, it's not even necessarily because I want to see the pitchers hit. It is the whole strategy with it. It's trying to decide what to do late in games. If you have to keep a bullpen arm in there, if they have to bat. There's just a lot of different strategical elements to it. And I like that the two leagues are different. I think it brings a different feel to the game. National League has their own brand of baseball. American League has theirs. So I don't love the idea of a universal DH. However, as it relates to the Mets specifically, this would be good because of Robinson Cano. As he gets older, the defense is only going to get worse. So that opens up a spot where you could play Robinson Cano as a DH. You also have J.D. Davis who you'd like to get in the lineup every day, but is very bad defensively. That would be a good place for him as well. And it does give you that flexibility when a player needs a day off. You know, Pete Alonso is an everyday player, but you might want to give him a little bit of a breather. He can DH and you can play a Dominic Smith. So a DH would be really good for the Mets. It appears like it's kind of inevitable. Anytime a pitcher pulls a hamstring trying to run out of ball to first base, This always gets brought up, and I do think that once it does get put in place, we'll kind of accept it and move on from it. So I think we're going to get really riled up about it as it happens, but ultimately, as it becomes part of the game on both sides, that's just going to be the reality of baseball, and we'll all probably move past it and not be pining for the days when there was no DH. So I definitely think that it is something that will help the Mets. And we'll just see when this actually takes effect. Finally, the one rule change that I do want to see put in place is I would like to see robot umpires. You put an earpiece in the guy behind home plate. He can still call balls and strikes, but let's start to get these calls right. I really hope that Major League Baseball can figure out a system to do that. It is kind of ridiculous that you can be watching a baseball game depending on the broadcast. Obviously, SNY does not do this, but a lot of other broadcasts do where they have the digital strike zone and you're seeing your team cheated batter after batter if the umpire is bad. So if we can actually do this, which the technology is there, why are we still going the old school route? It's kind of like in football where you still have the chain game coming out to determine first downs. With the digitally inserted yellow line, you could just use technology to figure that out. So these are things that will happen over time. And I do think that Baseball needs to continue to evolve with the times. Now, in just a minute, I want to talk a little bit more about Birdie Van Wagenen and continue my conversation from yesterday as it relates to not trading for Starlin Marte. But first, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Mets is a great way for your local businesses to reach passionate Mets fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, 
Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Mets fans and a predominantly male audience that's well-educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so circling back to what I was talking about yesterday as it relates to the Mets farm system, Brody Van Wagenen apparently told Andy Martino through his reporting that he's very comfortable with where the roster stands and where the Mets farm system stands and how that's been built up since the draft. And he does not want to trade from that farm system, particularly in a deal for Starling Marte. I can appreciate that. And I did give him credit for not making a bad trade to get Marte. So this isn't criticizing that specific instance. At the same time, a lot of bad trades have been made. And it's a combination effect. One, it's Brody's desire to compete at the major league level. Nothing wrong with that. But when you pair that desire and the strategy of trying to make things happen no matter what with the Wilpons and their lack of spending, all of a sudden you run into a lot of problems. Last year, that was making the trade for Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano, which we've talked about at nauseum, but still, it was a deal that addressed a couple of needs. It got what was supposed to be a big bat in the middle of the lineup. It got a closer. And for the 2019 payroll, it literally cost them nothing. They got rid of Jay Bruce, they got rid of Anthony Swarzak, and they saved money by the Mariners paying part of Cano's salary down. Now, though, as you move past 2019, it was a short-sighted move. 2020, you still have Cano's money on the books, and you traded key prospects in Jared Kalanick and Justin Dunn that could have either been part of the future of this team Dunn representing potential starting pitching depth instead of having to sign a Rick Porcello or a Michael Walker, or you also limited your ability to make future moves. The Mets also made a trade last offseason for Keon Broxton that sent three prospects away who aren't the biggest of prospects, but it's still trade chips that have been spent. Marcus Stroman was traded for. Okay, that's fine. He's a big part of your team in 2020. Let's just say for argument's sake that the Wilpons are still in power for 2021 and Steve Cohen's money has not quite hit the franchise yet and Stroman has to leave in free agency to sign elsewhere. Well, now what are you left with? Zach Wheeler wasn't traded away when he could have been at the deadline to try to get some type of a prospect return. Now just this offseason, the Mets made another trade for Jake Marisnik trading away two more prospects that could have been used in future deals, and also doing it to acquire a replacement for Juan Ligaris, who may or may not even be an upgrade over Ligaris, when Ligaris was a free agent. 
If I'm not mistaken, he still is. So you could have signed somebody like that and just spent the money. So instead of spending money to acquire role players and accent the roster that way, the Mets have made trades and gotten rid of prospects that could have been used in better deals. Now you are seeing Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Francisco Lindor, all these massive names on the trade market, and the Mets can't do anything about it because they have given away a lot of those prospects. Would you rather have Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano or Nolan Arenado? The Mets probably could have used Jared Kelenic in a package to land Arenado. All of a sudden, you're talking about a superstar on both sides of the ball at third base, and you could have had an infield that would have been Nolan Arenado, Ahmed Rosario, Jeff McNeil, and Pete Alonso. That could be the best infield in baseball, honestly. That's how good that infield could have been. But the Mets have made some pretty bad moves along the way, and also they've gutted the farm system in the process. So this idea that Brody likes where the farm system is at, it's just ridiculous. Now, he didn't put his name on that in an actual quote. This is through reporting from Andy Martino. But the bottom line is, you can't sit here and continue to trade away pieces out of the farm system and then stand by your farm system as something you're proud of. They did a nice job in the draft last year. I'll give them that. They got three players that are really talented and Brett Beatty, Josh Wolf, and Matthew Allen. But they've also traded away far more than that in their you know year plus that Brody Van Wagen and his front office has been in power. So I think the Mets need to continue to focus more on their farm system, continue to be averse from making trades, but they are missing some really incredible opportunities to make some trades and bring generational talents into this organization. Now the hope is Steve Cohen comes in next year. He's got his you know checkbook out. And when Mookie Betts becomes a free agent, you can sign Mookie Betts. You can really make splashes in free agency. And the Mets might once again be a real player that can continue to make moves and win each and every year. So that's obviously the hope. That's obviously what we all hope Steve Cohen brings. You just don't know how soon he's going to bring that. And if the Mets can't sign a Marcus Stroman to an extension or something like that, these moves are going to continue to come back to haunt the Mets. And this organization is going to go through a downturn at some point if they don't make some changes and address some of these issues that exist from the bottom up. So... Anyway, I wanted to talk about this a little bit yesterday when I was discussing the Starling Marte trade, but I just kind of ran out of time, so I wanted to circle back and address it here. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcast. Also, don't forget, when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets.